0: This episode recorded over a cup of ceremonial cacao, I sit down with my cacao mama, my dear friend and soul sister, Florencia Friedman, who was the window of cacao exploration for me. She was the one I really looked up to and was able to learn about and connect with the spirit of cacao more deeply than I thought it was possible, and I'm so excited to have her back on the show. She was a guest on episode 14, one of the very first guests on the podcast. And if you want to go back there and hear a little more about the story of how she got into cacao, you can bookmark that episode for later. In this one, we talk about choosing to be where you are, connecting with the spirit through plants, working with cacao and how Flo's relationship with cacao has evolved since we first spoke, Stepping into your voice and your power, spirit led business and spirit led social media. How Florencia met her spirit guides for the first time as a young child. Understanding the medicine of cacao through Maya Cosmovision. And some of the lessons that Florencia has learned from both walking with indigenous elders and connecting to her own roots and ancestry. How a marriage led to Florencia exploring shadow work, how ending that marriage propelled her to committing to her spiritual path like never before, the magic of drinking cacao with local plants, the balance between humility and owning your worth, and choosing to live a fully expressed human experience. Florencia is a powerful healer and a leader in the world of cacao, yoga, sound journeys, and breath. As instruments for transformation. She supports the voices of indigenous nations, wisdom keepers, and guardians of the sacred lands, and has studied under Mayan elders from Guatemala and indigenous communities of the Ecuadorian Amazon. Florencia has opened for Deepak Chopra and facilitated ceremonies in many different forms in the corporate world with Spotify and lectures at NYU. She was a ceremony guide resident at the assemblage in New York City, where I met her, And she's the co-founder of Cacao Lab, a ceremonial cacao brand aiming to change the way we relate to cacao through greater respect to the indigenous communities, the earth, and everyone involved in the value chain. Florencia also is the founder of platform and community known as Floreser. Floreser connect heart-centered communities with the same vision, embodied living, and ecosystem wellness. As a community, Floreser has weekly access to educational workshops, gatherings, and in-person journeys that highlight both ancient and modern wisdom. You can find the links to everything that we mentioned and related episodes in the show notes. And if you are inspired to check out Cacao Laboratory, which is one of my very, very favorite types of cacao to work with, I love their element blends. And I love being able to take a moment to take a breath and tune in and see which element speaks to me and then follow my gut, follow my intuition and work either with earth or air or fire or water or sometimes combining a couple of them. They have beautiful packaging, so cacao lab makes a beautiful gift. And they also have pure ceremonial cacao, which I love using to make my own ceremonial chocolate, which I have some recipes for on breakfastcriminals.com. So if you decide to try Cacao Laboratory Cacao for yourself, you can use the code BREAKFASTCRIMINALS to get a discount and let me know how it goes. Or if you want ideas for recipes, I'm always happy to share. At the moment, you can find my cacao recipes and chocolate recipes using ceremonial cacao and breakfastcriminals.com. I'm working on another resource that I'm building for all things related to cacao, but for now, that's where you can find it. Make sure you use the code Criminals when you order Cacao Lab to get a discount and enjoy softening into your heart with the playful and delicious wisdom that is cacao. Before we begin, I have an invitation for you, especially if you've been wanting to experience the miracles that arise when you commit to daily meditation. Meditation has been one of the most important guides and teachers on my path both personally and in every single business and creative project I've ever started. Every single project arises from that quiet place within. And I have gone in and out of committed practice. I've done a yoga teacher training and a meditation teacher training. I've gone on meditation retreats. And nevertheless, I have gone in and out of meditating daily. And in these past couple of months, I have been really called to get back into it. My husband Eric is going on a silent meditation retreat end of the year, and I have other plans for an epic trip, which I'll tell you more about later. But it doesn't mean that I can't find consistent practice wherever I am. So this January, I'm committing to a daily meditation practice, and I'm very excited to do it with the support of a new meditation and breathwork app I've been loving open. They are running a challenge in January in which you're invited to meditate every single day and you can do it from wherever you are. When you sign up, I will share the link in a bit. You will get free unlimited digital access to open from January 1st to 31st, and the challenge is to complete 31 practices in 31 days. Any digital class counts, or if you happen to be in Los Angeles, you can join in person. On the app, you can find breathwork and meditation classes of different lengths. The app is really beautiful and easy to use, by the way, and it really doesn't have to be anything long or complicated. 10 minutes a day make a world of a difference. As a bonus, you also get unlimited access to movement classes within the app. They've got yoga, Pilates, and hit. In my experience, when I commit to a daily meditation practice, I feel the impact right away. Then about a weekend or so, there's a background of peace that's just always with me. I feel more clarity and energy. And then within a couple of weeks, I just feel like a better, more patient, loving person. So I'm very, very excited about this, and I hope you will join me. I've already repicked up my daily meditation in December, and I'm stoked to take it to the next level in January. I would love for you to join me so that we can track what we experience together and see what miracles arise from really sticking to a daily practice. Besides the free access to the app for the month of January, when you complete 31 classes from January 1st to 31st, you get entered to win a spot to an open in-person retreat. I don't know exactly what the details are, but I can tell you that every single meditation retreat I've gone on has offered me so much beauty and richness, and it's something I recommend everybody experiences at least once in your life. Anyway, so if you're feeling a spark of a yes and you wanna meditate with me every day in January, this is how you can sign up for the challenge. Go to bit.ly slash meditate with Xenia. Anytime before the end of December 2022, make sure you use the link I just said to get the free month of January. Then click join challenge, get the app, and maybe even try a few practices before the official challenge begins. Then on January 1st, set aside a few minutes every day to sit in a quiet space and meditate. If that feels supportive, you can schedule it in your calendar. For example, meditating right after you wake up is a great idea and is one of the most powerful things you can do while you're still in sort of this in-between waking and dream state. But it really doesn't matter when you do it. You feel the difference and the accumulated effect of meditating daily, no matter what and when and how you do it. If you want to, you can also get a special journal, candle, or another meaningful object to be with you through the challenge. See it as an invitation to connect to the sacred space within and set yourself up accordingly. Treat your meditation like you would a date with a very special friend. I have been feeling a powerful energy of creation already building within me for 2023. And I know that kicking off the year with 31 days of meditation will set me up for an incredible year. If you're joining me for the challenge, make sure you get the app on bit.ly slash meditate with Xenia or get the link in the show notes to get the free month of January on open. There's something about doing this as a community and accountability really does make a difference. Mark your calendar and I can't wait to see what beautiful things you create from saying yes to this meditation challenge and to creating a sacred time to connect to what's important within. Here's Florencia Friedman. Welcome back to my podcast. It's been 4 years since our first conversation when I just started my podcast. You were in episode 14 where we talked about all things cacao ceremony and we did it in person in my apartment in Brooklyn and then we also recorded some things we made cacao in my kitchen and this is such a beautiful full circle and I'm so excited to dive into all things cacao and all the different journeys you've gone on in your life with and without plans. And we're both here with cacao today. I'm drinking Cacao Lab Earth. And I absolutely love the new packaging designed by our dear friend Caro, who was also a guest on the podcast. And um, feeling really grounded. What are you drinking?
1: Beautiful. I'm having the regular cacao. I wanted to really dive into the plant on its own. So I added a little bit of honey. I needed some sweetness as we're moving into the fall, I feel. This need of wanting to be warm and cozy. So, simplicity is always nice, but the earth is definitely a nice one to ground.
0: I typically use coconut sugar or sometimes maple syrup or monk fruit to sweeten, but somehow today I reached for honey as well. So, good to hear that we're on the same frequency. So, you are my cacao mama. You're the person through whom I really was able to dive deep and since we first spoke, I've taken a cacao training with you. I've gone to Guatemala with you and your brother Fede to meet some of the people that you work with and source from. And I would love to both revisit how you got into cacao for those who haven't listened to our first episode, or maybe they have, but there's a whole new layer to it now because you've been diving so deep with the plant and traveling with it and introducing so many people to it. And then we can kind of travel into where you're at now and all the other journeys you've gone on. So how did cacao come into your life?
1: Uh, It's been quite a journey. And before I dive into that, I just want to give my gratitude for having me in the space. It's so beautiful to to see the sisterhood continue to evolve. And as we go deeper into our own path, uh, being able to have these moments of being like, how's your heart? How are you? What's new in in your journey? What are you excited in this moment? And um, it's beautiful to have this beautiful environment to assist us in this journey. Like you were saying, Caro did our packaging. She's an amazing artist. And having all of these people around us that inspire us is such a gift for being able to walk this path. So thank you for embarking on this journey with me these last couple of years. With that being said, wow, the journey with cacao has been a long one. And I love these kind of moments because they bring me back to, you know, where it all got started and and how the journey continues to evolve. Uh, My first time working with the plant was also in Guatemala. I went to do a course on lucid dreaming and astral projection. It was a mystery school. A mystery school, for those of us who are hearing it for the first time, is a school that is teaching us how to work from the world of spirit. And we learned about how to dive deeper into our dreams and going into deeper states of meditation. And that's when I did my first cacao ceremony with Tata Walter, who's um, a Tata, an indigenous elder, very young in his age but very wise in his knowledge. When we did the first ceremony, I remember just closing my eyes and just feeling so in my heart and finally being so present. I remember opening my eyes and feeling so at home the first time in a long time. And I knew that this is the beginning of something special. I didn't know what it looked like. I could have never imagined what it would unfold like, but I knew that there was something that was calling me deeper. So a year later, I went back with my brother, who's now the co-founder of Kaka Laboratory, to go and search for this amazing plant to get to see, you know, how can we be of service to bring this plant to the United States or at least to our environment, my vision back then was just to be able to have enough cacao to be doing my ceremonies within my own friendships. And then it started to evolve and it continues to evolve until now. So after that journey, um, I started walking with an indigenous woman from Guatemala, Nana Marina Cruz, who's one of the Mayan Sutujil elders, one of the 22 Mayan ethnic groups in Guatemala. And we walked a lot together, many parts of the world. And um, she came here to my home, got to meet my family. I got to connect with her family as well. And she showed me a lot about the medicine of cacao. With Nana Marina, we got to uh, really get to know the medicine of cacao from the Maya Cosmovision. Because even though cacao originates in the Amazon region through the trading system, it reached Mesoamerica where it became domesticated as a sacred food for many communities such as the olmecs the aztecs the toltecs the mayas and many of the communities in this part of the world they understand that it's a sacred food and that allows us to connect deeper with our relationship to spirit and it was a really powerful beginning of this journey for me to start walking the sacred path to get to know you know how do i begin to Connect with the indigenous communities from the Maya tradition to start exploring my own lineage, my own culture. So, after many years of walking with Nana Marina, I went to Ecuador. We had been already sourcing with Cacao Lab from Ecuador. So, one of my journeys there, I got to meet Manari Ushiwa, who's an elder. He's a spiritual leader and a political leader from the Zapata Nation. And I believe you've also have discussed about Manati here in your podcast as well.
0: Yes, and, through Jess Sheer.
1: Yeah, she's a dear sister of mine as well. It's amazing to have all these inspiring women, you know, around me to continue, keep me going and, and stay motivated. But Jessica and I have been walking with Manati for a few years now. When I mention that I walk with the Indigenous elders, I mean that i Work with them. I get to learn from them. They teach us their ways and offer us the, the space to receive the experience for ourselves, so we can share it with the world. When Manari and I met, there was this instant connection, where you know I shared with him about my passion for cacao, and he was like, "I want to experience the ceremony." I was very intimidated. I mean, this Am- Amazonian indigenous elder wants to sit with me to serve him cacao, but you know, I let go of those thoughts and I um, invited him to come in and join me in New York. And we did a ceremony here in New York together. And after the ceremony, I remember him saying to me, I actually got to meet you. You know, we met in Ecuador, but I got to see your spirit here. And from that moment, we started really bonding. And he's been like a family to me where he's teaching me a lot of the ways of the the amazon um wisdom of the forest the connection to the world of dreams which is something that you know I let you all listen to in the previous episode but it's so fascinating it's such a vast world and when we are working with certain plant spirits I feel like it's really important to get to know our dreams the plants are always communicating with us and one of the things amani says is that when we go outside and we try to connect with a tree and we try to talk to the tree, we might not hear the words. But when we go into the world of spirit, maquihau, the world of dreams, we have this connection with the spirit because these plants carry a spirit like we do. And so we meet in a common ground so we can start having different conversations with these plant spirits. And when we're working with cacao, for example, I feel that a lot of the teachings that I have received has been through this connection to my dreams, they show me maybe certain invocations to share or what song or visions. Um, And it's a really powerful way to deepen our relationship with any plant that we're working with.
0: Mm. So
1: that's what got me here so far. (laughs) Mm.
0: You know, something that I would love to explore with you is when did this interest in the spirit realm Come into your life. Do you remember the first time you got curious about it? And what were some of the first ways that you were able to tap into the world before plants came into your life?
1: Hmm. I mean, I remember one time I was probably like five or six years old. I was laying down and I opened my eyes and I was like in that, that in between state when you're awake but sleeping. And I remember seeing almost like a cloud that was moving around the light, and it was almost like moving in a spiral. And that vision has stayed with me always, but I never knew what that was or, you know, what that meant. But I feel that that was the beginning of me understanding that everything carries a life. And even when we can't physically see it from this physical reality, it doesn't mean that they're not with us. And another moment that I remember that was like a a really important aha moment. I was probably like 12 years old and I felt an energy. I was walking at night down my street and I felt an energy, almost like people were walking behind me. But when I would turn around, there was no one there. And I remember coming home really scared and and telling my mom about this. And she said, well, maybe it was your, your spirit guides that were with you maybe she said ancestors or spirit guides, something along those lines. But that for me was like a moment where it allowed me to move away from being scared to feeling safe and knowing that I'm always being held. And Mm. that's kind of where it all started. But my mom was always really into connecting with spirituality, not so much the indigenous ways or shamanism, but she always had this deep connection to spirit and was always very curious going into different explorations of the spiritual
0: path. Shout out, mom. I've gotten to meet your mom at many ceremonies in New York. And it's so beautiful how she invited you to see it as guides or ancestors or something different. And I feel like once we shine the light on what it is, the fear kind of dissipates. I remember I often, especially when I'm alone at night in the house or outside, I always feel like there's somebody following me or just around me, always. And I remember when I was younger, I had this fear of being alone at home at night because I felt like there's somebody on the floor and the bed in the darkness or in the mirror. And I've seen many psychics throughout my life and had many spiritual mentors. And when I was very young, one of the first psychics said, yeah, duh, there's always millions of creatures around you, especially in the mirrors at night. They're just there. Doesn't mean they're bad. They could be just playful, but they're there. That didn't help me very much. I got even more scared of mirrors. But then many years later, I was working with another um, psychic healer. And what she inv- invited me into is really holding my sovereignty in, first of all, keeping my space clear. And particularly, she guided me to use essential oils and beeswax candles to mm-hmm. keep my space clear, and as well as um, smoke from sacred herbs. And also communicating. If I'm feeling that there's somebody following me, instead of you know pacing and running away from it, actually turning around and saying, hi, I see you and you're not allowed to be near me unless you have good intentions. And just continuing to walk and holding my own and learning that has completely transformed my relationship with the darkness. And I feel like it planted seeds for me to explore that darkness when I'm meant to and and not even engage when I'm not meant to so you're somebody who always is studying with people and seeking out new knowledge and I think it's so important to surround ourselves with teachers and mentors who help us shift those perspectives that expand our awareness
1: yeah I think it's it's such an important piece because we go into these places that we're not taught about before Like the example of what you're sharing, having the support, also with my mom, when she shared that with me of, you know, maybe it's somebody that is there to assist you, everything changed. So as we were doing a lot of work in uh, the modern society of opening these doorways, you know, to the connection to spirit through plant medicine, through deep states of meditation, kriyas, um, kirtan, you know, the bhakti practice, all of these ways, like, They feel from if we're looking at it from this physical reality, like we're just taking action towards something. But when we go and see it from the world of spirit, there's a lot of moving pieces that are happening as we activate that connection. So I think it's very important for us to have some sort of mentorship that allows us to understand when we are having the results of an experience of a certain door that we open to understand the consequences. So we move away from fear. There's so much fear out in the world right now, and what we're needing is to come back to love. So when we have the right guidance, it can assist us to really find our clear path, like the the sacred path, like the Maya tradition share.
0: I find there's like a trend that is often true, which is that kids who have these experiences, being in close proximity with spirit, with God, with light, with our guides, with our ancestors, something happens in our teenagehood or early adulthood where we go through this phase of completely straying away from our path. And then there's something that happens that brings us back to it and it becomes stronger than it could have ever been if we didn't stray away from it. Did you have that kind of experience? And if it was, what was that like for you? What did it look like?
1: Yeah, um, definitely did. And I think When I moved to to the United States from Argentina, it was a very shocking experience, just being like, I felt like I didn't belong there and I didn't belong here. And so even though I always had a connection throughout my early teens to spirituality, uh, I also had a lot of internal conflict. And I got married at a very young age. I got married at the age of 21. And when I got married, my partner at the time, uh, my ex-husband, was into spirituality, but he was also into the world of music. And so we found a dance at the beginning that nourished both of our, you know, well-being, but also being able to go into music. And and then it got very dark towards the end of our partnership. And we were both so dependent on each other that it was very difficult for us to see that we had gone into different paths. So I think those few years towards the end of my marriage there was a lot of shadow work and I wasn't ready to explore it. So I kept suppressing it. And the moment that I it got to the point where, you know, I I remember my neighbor who would always, you know, be there for me in those moments where things got really tough. She mentioned to me, you know, how did you feel, for example, on your last trip to Costa Rica? I, I decided right before I, I left my marriage to go on a journey on my own. I remember just saying like so free, and she said, you know, that's something that you can experience every day. It doesn't need to be this hard, and it's not to put you know any blame on my ex-husband. I think we just both needed to own that aspect of needing to find our own way and 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 learn our own path. But after that conversation, I shortly left my marriage and my life began. That's the I feel a moment that my commitment to my path to began. Really begin. I always nibbled my toes in spirituality. I was already a yoga instructor and a health coach and, you know, I had done a lot of that throughout my teens, but I've never had been so committed to my path the way that I have been since the time I, I walked away from, from that union. And it's not to say that we need to leave our partners in order for us to find our spiritual path. But I think it's important for us to observe whether it is the sacred mirror of a partnership that is holding us back, whether it's a career that is holding us back, or even the conditioning of our own thoughts. It's really important for us to, from time to time, you know, check in with ourselves and say, is this really where my heart is? How am I being of service to myself, to my environment? And if there's something that is not in alignment, how can I assist myself to really find the liberation, because it doesn't need to be so hard. Life is not meant to be so hard. At its essence, it's like the breath, right? When we exhale, that's that's the process of life. But then through our thoughts and through the conditioning of past trauma and unresolved challenges that life has brought in, not to make ourselves, our life difficult, but more for us to train into going deeper into our our service. I think the symptoms of those traumas and that conditioning, that's what makes life complicated. And it's, it's really important for us not to bring shame to ourselves. It was very difficult for me to say, I'm walking away from this marriage because I felt so much shame as, you know... A, I had made this, this promise and I'm failing at that. And this is the one thing that I knew was going to be the lifetime thing. So I couldn't bear to, to look at the outside with that sense of shame. But when I walked away, I actually never felt shame of, of walking away because I will always love him in just a different way now. But I made a commitment now that is so much bigger than anything I have done before. So I think the training is such a gift when we allow it to be.
0: You know, you're talking about the freedom, that glimmer of freedom that you experienced when you went to Costa Rica. I had a similar experience when I was playing with the idea of leaving my full-time job. And through my dreams, I was starting to feel that it was the time was coming. I had just gotten my green card and I always knew that I was meant to be an entrepreneur and travel the world and live this life of freedom and creativity and I went to an ecstatic dance in New York City and I got a full body experience of what that freedom feels like once I take the leap and I can go anywhere and be anyone and do anything and and explore my creativity full time and that's what really fueled me to make that choice and t- take that leap and I went and was nomadic for a few months I traveled to Bali and all over the US and Brazil and Russia and At some point, I remember that freedom feeling like, feeling scary when we are surrounding ourselves with possibility. We're taking these leaps into the unknown, and there's nobody to say, okay, now you're doing this, now you're doing this. Well, there's always spirit saying this, but we're not always open to hearing what the next thing is. So for me, at points, that freedom was overwhelming, and I was toying with the idea of getting another full time job or finding something that would give me that grounding and that structure and that predictability because playing in the unknown is the biggest gift and it can be the biggest challenge. So what is your relationship with freedom since taking that leap?
1: Um I embrace it and I I feel the things that I fear the most, I try to not confront them, but I I really allow myself to play in those spaces where fear and I meet because I realize that that's where the freedom is. There's so much liberation when we no longer have to entertain those thoughts that fear brings in so I feel freedom is just allowing ourselves to take life as play at the playground that it is you know and as Karen always say like living life as a love letter to mother earth living life as a love letter to ourselves that's I feel after I walked away from my marriage, every day I choose, you know, and even when I am in partnership, I still choose for me to be there. And it's not something that I have to do. Even the things that are uncomfortable, you know, there's so much, there's so much freedom behind the choosing to want to do it and show up for it.
0: What have been some of the scariest things that you have recently taken on?
1: I think probably Florecer. Florecer is a community platform that I recently started. I'm a projector in human design, so I'm always working with people. And I need that that support. So when Cacao Lab got started, my brother's my business partner. Whenever I started my spiritual path, I always walked with an elder by my side. So I've never really done things alone. Like Even my ceremonies, 90% of them, I'm always facilitating with someone. Because I just love having that company. But with Florecer, it's something that I'm doing on my own. And it's been about a year. It's something I've been dreaming for years. But I was always very hesitant of of making it happen. And I, I feel like it's making me grow so much as a human being. Understanding the responsibility that it takes to really bring forth a project. A spirit. Because this also carries a spirit. And seeing it flourish. I mean, the word florescer means to flourish. And like these moments of trusting have been really challenging because there's so many things that I don't know how to do. There are so many pieces that are still unfolding and I don't want to control the way that this platform, you know, becomes. But there is this sense of like, am I just kind of procrastinating or am I showing up? All of this internal conversation And it's been really beautiful just to create the space for me to be like, oh, this feels really uncomfortable. Like, I really want to run away from from this right now. What would it be like if I just stayed, (laughs) you know? And most of the time for me, when things get uncomfortable, I feel like my travels have become like that kind of being able to get away from myself. And I've been really choosing to be where I am, regardless of where I am. And it's such a different feeling.
0: How many times have you wanted to shut down Florcer and just run away?
1: Oof um I feel like many times, but it's also when i I don't think I could ever walk away. I never felt like actually maybe I shouldn't do this. There's like the initial thought, and then I don't even give it room to play because it's such a an important dream that whether it's reaching one person or. 500 people, I think the mission that it carries is enough for one person to carry on.
0: I'm so happy to hear that you're doing this because I have witnessed you walk with a lot of elders and support so many people in stepping into their own voices. And your voice flow is so powerful. The way that you hold space, the wisdom that you carry, that is just yours. Yes, there might have been teachers that helped you step into it but it is uniquely your medicine. And you pointed to how walking with other elders has helped you step into your own roots, into your own ancestry. I would love to know more about that. As my dog goes crazy in the background, I don't know if you can hear it. She's like scratching her crate. <laughs> I
1: can't wait to meet her. She's well. adorable. Yeah. So that is a, a process that is happening now. I haven't fully... Allowed myself to go deep into my roots. Um, as I mentioned, you know, when I came from Argentina, it was very difficult for me to honor my ancestry and my roots. I completely shut down my communication with Argentina. And these last couple of years, I've been really working on just getting myself comfortable in that space of opening those doors, but also being patient with myself and compassionate with myself because. There's a lot I don't wanna rush into it, but really look at my conditioning, my own trauma and be able to work through those so then when I show up and I'm connecting with my lineage, I can be in a neutral state. I have so much so many different lineages within my my blood. We're Russian, we're Polish, we're English and Mapuche, which Mapuche is one of the original nations to, originally from Chile, but then they also moved to southern Argentina. So there's this thing I've been really working through a lot uh, lately is this understanding of the oppressed and the oppressor. And when we have these, both of these lineages as a human being, it can create a lot of internal conflict. And it's something that I've been observing within myself the self sabotage that was so easy for me when I was in, before I was really deep in my spiritual path. It was so easy to go there. And the shame that I would feel as, as not being from the United States like all of these things I feel like can be traced back to this conflict of the oppressor and the oppressed.
0: Mm, well, wow, there's so much there. And I also feel like the reason why you. Are exploring this is because the power that's available in you owning your ancestry is just gonna completely blow you away and everybody away who's around you. And it's particularly in that mix that the power lays because, like what you're talking about, Russian and Polish, Russian people, which I am, and I've also wrestled with accepting my ancestry and being a foreigner and also going back into my lineage and seeing all of the connection to earth that my people have and connection to food and gardening and mushrooms. There's so much depth in the Russian person and yet there's so much on the surface right now in the world opposition to that and how can we accept it with neutrality and then also kind of travel back in time and see This DNA was given to me for a reason. And there's particular strength and superpowers that it holds that are here to nourish my mission in the world. And I don't have any answers on that yet, but it's definitely such a beautiful exploration. So thank you for bringing me and everybody listening into that.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think as we move into this new dream, this new reality, um, it's an important time to observe some of these internal conflicts and also going back to the origin you know things move as a spiral but also in cycles so we're going kind of back to that beginning to then have an opportunity to rewrite the story but that is also the choice of perhaps going into the patterns and the fact that you're giving yourself permission to open that door you know it's already a huge thing so thank you also for being courageous enough to going back home and getting to know You know, your lineage in your own way and seeing the magic, the medicine that they carry.
0: So speaking of cycles and circles and spirals, I'm thinking to the moment four years ago when we recorded our first conversation and I would love to check in where your relationship with cacao has gone since with cacao and perhaps other plants, whether it was at the same time kind of synergistically working with cacao and other plants. I love working with cacao and psychedelic mushrooms. I find it to be such a beautiful thing. Not every day, of course, but a ceremony once in a while. And how you communicate and work and play with cacao these days. Before we continue, here's a word from Advertising with Zencaster, the sponsor of this episode. Have you ever bought anything after hearing an ad on a podcast? I know I have. Okay, this is really fascinating. One of my favorite podcast hosts ran an experiment in which he stopped doing ads on his show. The outcome blew him away because a massive amount of people asked him to bring the ads back. Product recommendations is one of the reasons people love his show. They know that he only vouches for products he personally tests and approves, and I know I have bought many things from his ads. And I have the same policy for my show. I only promote products that I actually use and recommend myself, and I've been so lucky you have incredibly aligned sponsors on the show. Here's another interesting fact. Podcast advertising is four times more effective than display advertising for conversion. 67% of listeners remember brands they hear about and 63% make a purchase. If you have a brand or a product that you're ready to grow, podcast ads could be an incredible investment. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster, a longtime partner of the show, now has its own creator network that makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters with aligned content and audiences. Post read ads, like what I'm doing right now, are the most effective form of podcast advertising. Zencaster works with podcasters to help create unique to them ad spots that create brand awareness and conversion. Here's the thing you don't need to have an enormous budget. Zencaster has been running pilots and has proven that smaller podcasts when it's the right fit, can outperform bigger ones in a variety of verticals. If you're interested in sponsoring podcast ads for your business, and maybe even this show, go to zen.ai slash web8 and fill out the contact form so that Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life.
1: So interesting how the plant is always evolving. I feel When I first started working with a plant, I was drinking cacao every day and sometimes a few times a day. But there was this, if we think about that, like, first, like, honeymoon stage when we are falling in love with someone, we just can't get enough of them. I feel like that's how it was with cacao, and I still love her so much, and she's still, you know, a huge part of my daily life. I feel it's um, an opportunity to get to know the plants in a new way. So. I drink, I still drink cacao most of the time, but there are certain days where I feel like I just want to connect with the spirit through meditation or maybe journaling and not necessarily ingesting the cacao, especially when I'm in the jungle. I feel, you know, usually I'll have cacao two or three out of the five days that I'm there when we go with groups. So it's it's a different experience and I feel the plant is still moving through me. One of the beautiful things that Yanda Ushiwa, who also comes from the Sapara Nation, he mentioned that when we connect with the spirit of a plant, not just drink the plant, but when we connect with the spirit, that spirit stays with us until we transcend. And it's so beautiful to know that this medicine is always with me. And I get to enjoy her physical benefits as I consume her, but I can also connect with her by having this relationship through the world of spirit. So that's been, I think, a huge change for me. Um, This is something very new in my experience to be able to observe our relationships from both worlds, not just from this physical reality. I also have been working with combining cacao with local plants. For example, when we go to the jungle, we work with this plant called Chiricaspi. Chiricaspi is, it's not a psychedelic plant. But it does give you a lot of endurance. This is what the Sapara use when they need like strength, when they need the Yeah, the energy that they need to move through the day. And it's also connected to the spirit of time, according to Manari, which is something that I think, especially living in a city is something that we kind of struggle with. You know, it's, it's a very interesting energy. But I find that when we work with cacao and we bring in a local plant, it allows us to really connect with the essence of the land and to be able to go deeper into the cycles of that space. One of the ceremonies that we first did in the jungle with cacao, um, it wasn't facilitated by me, but somebody brought in cacao and it was too strong for the community. And a lot of them were like super scared of cacao which is fascinating because they drink ayahuasca, but then they were, you know, nervous about cacao. But what I realized was that, you know, we brought in this plant that originates from the Amazon. Cacao comes from that region, but it wasn't implemented as a spirit plant or a master plant teacher. So I think it's important to be able to find this like middle ground when we're working with um, a plant that, isn't this is, doesn't have the language of that space so there is this bridging that happens that's something i've been playing with a lot so when i come here to new york like what are some local plants that we can use here to connect with cacao
0: what are some local plants that you can use with it and how are you making your cacao these days what's your go-to recipe
1: well i always love blue lotus which is definitely not local but I've been working with um, St. John's Wort. I haven't combined the two together at the same time, but I've been drinking St. John's Wort in the morning and then shortly after drinking the cacao, and I think that's such a beautiful combination. There are certain side effects of St. John's Wort, so we should always look at you know what are those before we start consuming the plant. But I feel like it really assists us in finding like the immune system building and stabilizing our mood. Another one is mugwort. Mugwort and cacao are so beautiful together. Damiana and mugwort. All of these very dreamy plants that are, especially mugwort is seen as like a weed. But if we actually understand like the fact that it grows everywhere, isn't that telling us something, right? That abundance of this plant, and especially in the fall season, is such an Important teaching from Earth to show us, okay, this is something that can assist you in this transition. You know, she's always speaking to us, and when we start observing the plants, it's a way of of listening. So, um, as I mentioned, mugwort is definitely one of my favorites in this time of year. Something that I've been playing with a lot is using pumpkin spice. I've been really tuning into the fall. I think one of the the last couple of years, I would always run away from the winter. And as I mentioned, I'm really working on choosing where I am always. So I started working with the connection of all the plants, right, that are offered to us in this season so we can shift into it in a different way. So pumpkin spice with cinnamon and clove, it just, I feel like it really brings that warmth and it's it's really supportive in this time. But I also, as I mentioned, love blue lotus. Blue lotus and cacao are such a beautiful combination. They activate our connection to our dreams, our creativity, our our self-expression. So what I usually do is I'll steep the blue lotus. If you can get like the whole flower, which Anima Mundi has, um, there's a few other online platforms that, that share it. And you steep it for about 10 to 20 minutes, and then you strain it, you add your 30 grams of cacao, a little bit of sweetener if you like. I don't think that it needs it with the blue lotus, but you can always add a little sweetener like we did today with honey or maple. And then for my like warmth one, I do about 30 grams of cacao with the pumpkin spice that I mentioned and a little bit of maple. The maple, I feel, is also bringing in that essence of the fall. I think when we are choosing our different ingredients and definitely especially the plant allies that are being connected with cacao, it's important to understand what is our purpose? Like, What am I feeling right now? If I'm using the medicine to heal, what is that healing that I need? And how can I use and connect with the plant allies to give us that support?
0: What is your ritual with cacao these days? What happens once you make it? And how has it shifted in the past few years since we first spoke.
1: Right now I've been working with cacao in the mornings and also the evenings. One of the newer things that I've been doing is whenever I'm working on different projects, whether it's you know business or, or friend related, everything carries a spirit, right? And so when we are activating these spaces, it's important to also acknowledge that connection. So when we have certain meetings for some of the projects that I'm working with, we'll wake up at 5 a.m. and we'll connect with Kakao and then from there work with whatever is is on the table. Caro and I, the the girl we mentioned earlier, our amazing sister and, and artist. Her and I are writing a book right now. It's been, yeah, oops. It's so
0: exciting. <laughs> it's been,
1: yes. We've been writing it for the last like two years. And Every time that we meet, we always drink cacao and we have a little ceremony and then we go into the development of the book. So I think, you know, I at the beginning I was using cacao to get to know myself and to open my heart, but now I I ask her to assist me in whatever spirit I am, you know, working with, whatever energy I'm I'm developing and celebrating.
0: That is so beautiful and I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to let you be with it for a minute. I'm going to let the pup out. She really wants to, I think, do something, and she also wants to meet you. The question is, different spirits choose to come through different people, and like you said, creative projects and businesses are their own spirits. Cacao chose to come through you. There are so many people discovering cacao thanks to you and the way that you carry it. Why do you think cacao chose you? What is the lesson, both for you and for those who choose to learn it from you, as well as what is cacao's intentionality behind choosing you? So I'm going to let you sit with it, and I'm going to go get the puppy, and I'll I'll be back in one minute. We're good to go. Perfect.
1: So... Why do I feel that cacao chose me? This is a really powerful question and I'm going to be very vulnerable, but it definitely makes me tear up when, when you ask that, Um, you know, there's been a lot of insecurities that have come up throughout my upbringing and, and being able to step into my power has been a very interesting journey. And there's such a fine dance, you know, between finding the humility, but then also owning our worth. And I remember when I left my my marriage, I committed myself to really wanting to empower women to find their voice, but I needed to do that for myself first. And when I look, when I think about this now, the way that I ended up in Guatemala was definitely like destiny. I would have never gone to Guatemala. There was nothing calling me there. There was a friend that I met that wanted to travel you know, together. And the long journey uh, that we were going to do ended up just being Guatemala. And it was somewhere that he wanted to go, a course that he wanted to do. And he never came with me. So it was like, I was brought into this journey. I had no idea what a mystery school was, what Lucid dreaming was what astral projection, like all these things were new. And for some reason, I said yes. And that moment changed my life, you know. So I feel somewhere along the way, the plant and I made a commitment with each other of choosing love. And she has the sacred instructions on how to embody the essence of love, not that process of infatuation, which I thought. What love was when I got married, but to truly embody a place where we all meet. I find that cacao is a frequency. I'm sorry, well, cacao too is a frequency, but love is a frequency that allows us to really come back to the remembering, right? Restructuring ourselves and coming back to the unification of all things. There's a word in the Sapara Cosmovision known as Nukaki, and Nukaki means oneness. This is something that the plant is also guiding us right now. I have to sit with this question, I think, for a while now of of really honoring, like, why is it that I was chosen? Because I asked myself, but I haven't allowed myself to answer it the same way where, you know, how the plant came to me. It's also how the elders that I've been walking with have come to me. Like, I pinch myself every day. Why me? I was just another human being. But... It is a beautiful gift, and I think with that gift comes that responsibility, you know, and sorry that I'm getting emotional, but it's been just such a beautiful journey of like letting go of those walls. Those walls that are creating an illusion. And you know, the plant chose me, but I also chose her, and I and I choose her every day because I know that life is not this madness. I know that there's so much more. And we're in a time that we really need to let go of all of that pain and all of that trauma. It's no longer part of our story. And part of the work that I've been you know, doing, going back to the question of my ancestors, I think it's like exploring that connection of allowing their their dreams to live through us it's an important time for us to really step into that responsibility that we have for those who have come before us and those who are coming and the biggest way to take on that responsibility is to do it for ourselves for our heart I feel that in one of those moments where I couldn't see the light I I must have called her and And she listened and she's been guiding me every day. And it's such an overwhelming feeling to know, you know, from where I was to where I am now. And it's all because of this wild plant, you know.
0: This is exactly why you were chosen. Because first of all, you had the courage to step up and be chosen and choose. And second is this humility with which you are constantly learning. You're never stopping learning. You're continuously walking with plant and waking up and re-exploring how your relationship is meant to morph with it. And even though you have a huge business now that offers cacao to people around the world, you haven't allowed that to become your identity, your present and you're the embodiment of being this multidimensional, multifaceted being who is not just one thing. And I think that's such a beautiful thing.
1: Thank you, uh. Thank you. Yeah, it's been such a journey. And I still don't believe half of the time, like, where is this life taking me, you know, but it's been such an amazing, fun ride. And I think it's important when we're working with, you know, any business or any project to understand how do we constantly nourish the spirit. And I've been very, very blessed to have a business partner that allows me uh, and honors, you know, the process that I'm going through as as a medicine carrier because it's such a fine line to be working with a master plan teacher and also be in the world of, of economics. It's it's such a dance, but a huge dream of ours is to really heal the system within the system and to be able to understand how do we begin implementing a living economy, a rights of nature economy. And part of that is nourishing the spirit of Cacao Lab and also the plant that that we work with and we honor. So having, you know, my brother be able to take care of like all the logistics and all of that stuff that is just like so so much for my mind gives me that freedom to be able to do my work. And although for any, you know, any other business partner, they would probably think that is madness and that I'm like wasting time. But he he gives the space for that to to be a huge part of it. And I think that's what allows Cacao Lab to evolve in the way that it does. Because we're both doing our part in nourishing the essence of
0: this of this brand. Back from another puppy break. I would love to know more about how you were communicating and finding that balance between following the rhythm mm-hmm. of your spiritual journey the spiritual journey that is your business and creating space to take harmonious action around distribution and branding and marketing and social media and all these things and and what you've been learning from walking that journey for what has it been 5 years now since Lab? 6 years wow yeah well, this is another. You have
1: all these amazing questions that are coming up. I feel it's letting the spirit speak rather than us assuming what the spirit wants. And that's why connecting with the plant before we're going to make any decisions is really important. And, you know, give the, the space, the acknowledgement to the plant. Also, like giving offerings, I think is also a really important piece giving gratitude to the brand giving gratitude to the spirit and also all the community that you know supports this vision and have been co-creating this vision with us i think that's been another huge blessing that we have received like the community that has been building around cacao lab is such a gift i'm so inspired by so many of our community members and to see how much they believe in what we're doing really gives me hope not just because it's you know making our brand grow but because the world is like starting to understand the importance of a living economy of rights of nature of like why we have to start moving away from these ways that we've been moving towards uh, approaching capitalism you know and everything is connected so the moment that we begin to shift in that area i think our relationship with the land will also shift but on a personal level Set has been a huge test because I always had my brother as a backup. If there was anything that I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this, you know, please, like, can you figure this out? Can you have the team figure it out? But now I have to, with Floreset, I have to figure it out all on my own. I mean, I have also, you know, somebody that helps me and, and and is there, but it's really my responsibility to make it all happen. And there's a lot of people that are, you know, expecting me to be showing up because, Through the platform, we bring different facilitators and we have different people involved. So there's such a fine dance of, you know, I I love the understanding of uh, law of attraction, for example. But if we don't know how to implement the formula, it can actually create an adverse effect. Because then people are just waiting and hoping that something will save them instead of understanding how to create a commitment with what they're calling in. Just like we nourish our plants, like you, you're you taking care of your puppy, like you made that responsibility of saying, you know, I, I'm i taking care of you. So you have to show up. It's not just on those big moments, but in every, every part of the way. And with a brand, it's the same thing. Like I have a dream, I have a vision, I nourish, I connect in ceremony, I give my offerings, I do my part. But there are moments where I have to do things that are uncomfortable, you know, and that I'm terrified of. When I'm looking at like taxes and numbers and all these things, like I, my mind wants to run away, but I made a commitment, so I have to show up. So I acknowledge the feelings that are coming up, the sensations, and I look for the medicine. What is the medicine that I need in this very moment to come back to my center? So I approach this from what the Sapara say from a space of samado of neutrality. And it's a fine dance, you know. And I think my brother and I are learning a lot along the way.
0: I love that you bring up neutrality and also being present to this idea that when we choose to bring something into the world or manifest something, our frequency, our vibration that we're in is what actually creates it. So if we are out of alignment, out of whack, we're having a bad day, it is so important to just let ourselves go through that bad day and ride that wave and not try to push and manifest and create something from that place of lack or being depleted energetically. That's a lesson that I've been really learning because my normal wiring would feel a lot of shame around having bad days. But now that I'm really allowing myself to see, okay, it's totally normal to allow myself to I don't know, watch a silly TV show and watch watch popcorn and go to bed without like gratitude journaling and meditation, having a ceremony and an offering. It's totally normal to have a fully human day and let emotions flow and let tears flow. And when we try to stop that, that's when it kind of bottles up and it starts seeping, seeping, seeping through in unexpected and unwanted ways when we allow ourselves to be fully human and experience it all and then choose to create when we are feeling that overflow, even if it's not in our timing, even if it's inconvenient, there is so much more joy in our lives because that kind of pushing, that resistance kind of melts away. I've been kind of playing with this concept a lot for the last few weeks and a few months. And ever since I've been doing that, it feels like my highs are higher and my lows are higher as well. (laughs) And it's an amazing experience. And all it took was that permission. All right. I'm feeling sad, feeling judgmental, feeling shame, whatever that is. Let myself feel it, cry it out, scream it out. And then typically once it's out of the system and it's lived through and it's been allowed to exist, everything else has so much more ease and grace.
1: I totally agree with you, and it's beautiful that you're allowing yourself to have that experience. There's a beautiful quote by Rumi that talks about this, that it's like allowing ourselves to feel the essence of our house, that sometimes there's grief, sometimes there's joy, and allowing ourselves to welcome it all. And I think that's why I love New York City so much. I mean, I've tried to leave so many times, (laughs) and here I am again, but I feel like it helps me ground all of the and integrate all of the experiences that I have when I go into the jungle, when I go to connect to the sacred fire. It's important to create those spaces. And also something I've been really diving into is the the seasons. This fall has been wow so magical. It's the first time that I'm allowing myself to observe so deeply this process of the fall and just getting to know the plants that assist us. the the different rituals that we can do you know a lot of people deal with with seasonal depression but it's because we're not going into the rhythm it's like we're forcing ourselves into it and it's kind of what you're sharing like sometimes we have to go through these patterns of release and it's beautiful like we we should honor it we should we chose to live a human experience these these spirits chose to have a human vessel so i think part of that is to celebrate it and, you know, our ancestors, as I mentioned, they're living through us. We are our ancestors' wildest dreams. So we have to honor that. And, and part of that is being that very human, which I think for me at the beginning of my spiritual path, it was very difficult to acknowledge and to honor. I was very like rigid in my, in my discipline. And I think it was important at that time. But one of the teachings of Akakao is like, it doesn't need to be so hard. You know, it could be challenging, it could be a journey, but it doesn't need to be hard. So finding the celebration, even through those tears, even through the, you know, I had a moment earlier today where I was just like, there's so many amazing things that are unfolding, but it's a lot. It's it's just a lot of responsibility. So I had this moment where I was just like, I'm feeling the rage and I just allowed myself to just like, "Ah," like do some sort of exercise to like get it out. And then it was like, boom, back to, to myself, instead of having to suppress and carry that all day through.
0: And then it actually empowers you and energizes you instead of the other way around. And, you know, what you're speaking to about humanity and embracing the different facets of it, for me, through all of my work with Fun Guy and Psychedelic Medicines, that is the biggest lesson that has been showing up so far, is go and embrace your humanity. Watch Game of Thrones, watch Seinfeld, laugh, eat the food you want to eat, tend to your body, get the most expensive, delicious oil that you want to get and like really smother yourself with love. And I'm curious, you are somebody who has worked with psychedelic plants and you've traveled to the jungle and sat with different communities. What are some of the biggest lessons that have been coming through for you that you're integrating?
1: Well, I just spent uh, a month in in the Amazon I spent two months in Ecuador a month in and out of the jungle, and there was a lot that came up. I think one of the biggest teachings that happened at the very beginning was understanding the doors that were opening um, and the responsibility that that takes and not to open too many doors at once. It can be really exciting to get curious about the spiritual path but you know, walking with the Mayan lineage for a long time, and then opening the door to the sapata, it's not like I'm just going to visit and like hanging out. Like, there, I've, I've been going really deep with them, and I think it's it's important to understand when we're opening that door, what that what we're saying yes to. It's something that I think in our modern society we're not taught. Like when we're going into all these different modalities that are shared and all these different events in New York City it's a little bit, I don't want to say scary, but it's something that we need to start paying more attention to. You know, when we're invited to a space, like check in with our hearts, like, is this really in alignment for me? What am am I looking at? What modality I'm stepping into? Or am I just like going in because I'm curious about it? Another one that was like uh, such a, such a gift during one of the journeys that I, I had with one of the master plan teachers was seeing how the music and the Icaros are moving in the world of spirit. And that is something I'm still taking in of sound is such a powerful, you know, energy that unifies us all. And working with sound for now a few years, being able to see how it moves in the world of spirit was like such a profound experience because we talk about sound healing or sound bath. To be able to see how it's moving through to bring that, that alignment was really profound. As, as we move into the world of spirit, we can see that in this physical reality, we're not seeing so much of what's moving, but with every action that we take, there's a whole movement that is happening on the other side. and. To start paying more attention to that, I think is really important. Sometimes it feels like I keep showing up and I'm doing this thing and nothing is moving. When I first started working with cacao, I I had, you know, like two or three people in in my ceremonies. Or we had a yoga studio. My brother helped me open up a yoga studio, and like I had maybe like three or four people, and they were all my friends. Like nobody actually was showing up. But that for me was such an important time to get to know my voice. And so I, I, in my mind, I was always seeing like so many people in the space and I think that's what helped me overcome my hesitation and my fear to, to openly like public speak, you know? And I think that's another, another teaching that came up of like, might not be seeing how much our showing up is doing, but our presence alone and saying yes And being present and honoring all of the aspects of the human experience, that's already allowing us to step into who we are becoming.
0: It's been so beautiful to watch you step into your voice and starting with your sound healings that came along with cacao circles at the assemblage in New York to then using your voice more and more. And then the other day, I came across a song, I think on Spotify, and it was a cacao song and one of the names on the track is florencia is that is is that you? <laughs> I think it is
1: <laughs> Yes, so that was a, a song that I got tricked into recording i I was told that we were just gonna do this for a short like album, and I didn't realize it was gonna be four remixes to that song <laughs> and and I'm like in an album with some of my favorite artists, so it was. A wild thing but yeah I, I feel when we say yes to our journey without expectations magic really comes to life because when we're working from the heart we're activating life when we're working from the mind we're creating these walls of protection and it's almost as we're saying like I want it but I'm not ready yet when we go into the heart it's like I'm in let, let me see this wild ride
0: and then it assembles all of the people and opportunities and everything in the most miraculous ways. Like you couldn't have made your way to that track showing up in my feed as I was editing my cacao playlist in any logical way. It just was moment by moment, yes, saying yes to different things. And then look at you impacting people with sound and music. And like you started in the beginning talking about Icaros sound and song and music as my teacher michelle always reminds me is something that speaks to us beyond the mind it goes directly into the heart speaks to our spirit activates our inner knowing and so i'm so happy to see your voice reaching people through that but i also wanted to see you know you're talking about the consistency of showing up and and how that was such a potent medicine for you how has that translated into social media I know we've had conversations around that. You were in one of my conscious social media program years ago, as I was taking your cacao course, you were in my social media program. And I'm curious how your relationship with social media and showing up and sharing your medicine on there has evolved. Well, you've been a huge um, help in that process because
1: a lot of people see social media as like a distraction and they see it as a way of just like running away from ourselves um, I was actually talking to my therapist today about, you know, the addiction behind our, our technology, but I feel, I feel it's such a gift to have this platform for me. My Instagram is my avatar where I get to, you know, share all the different layers of myself and use it as a place to inspire. When I don't know why my, my marriage is coming in so strongly here, but one of my biggest medicines uh, during the like end of my marriage was going out in the mornings and walking my dog at um, Alamo Square Park in San Francisco and listening to "E. Pray, and Love. I probably listened to that book like
0: 20 times. I love that book so much. And it really, really carried me through some chapters. So I feel you deeply.
1: Yeah, every word that she shared, it was like, I feel seen, I feel understood. And I thought that I was like the only one that had all this complexity. So I aim to have my Instagram be that a space to inspire women, men, all beings to step into their power and to not have it be one way or another. you know. I feel I have so many layers to myself and it's shown me that I don't need to be from Argentina. I don't need to be from the United States. I'm in all places. And it's giving permission for people to be themselves. So I don't have like a strategy from a physical perspective on how I use my social media. But what I've learned through you is like tuning into our strategy of the world of spirit, like How do we consciously step into those spaces and share the message from a heart-centered
0: place? Yes, and I love all of your generous sharing from the jungle. It feels like going there with you. So thank you for being a messenger of both the medicine from there, but also your embodied experience of it. Oh, Flo, this has been such a beautiful and multidimensional conversation. Is there anything else that... I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share, maybe projects that you're working on or just anything else that feels present on your heart.
1: I'm working on so many things that I thought I said as I, I shared a little bit about it, but my dream with this platform is to really create the new reality as a collective. Charles Einstein has been a huge inspiration for me. And, you know, in his book, A More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know is Possible. Um, he talks about the new story. And this is something Amanari Ushiwa has also shared a lot. And we talk a lot about living the new dream. And my vision with uh, Floreset is to create a space for us to have all the different tools. I've been very blessed along the way to have so many amazing mentors and sisters and brothers who inspire my path and who teach me different tools and technologies to activate this new dream. Um, So... I'm really excited to be creating a space for us to explore, you know, how do we find this personal well-being, the ecosystem well-being, understanding sacred reciprocity and finding more of nukaki, which is in the sapara word, oneness, to really step into the flourishing of this new dream together. So that's the thing that I'm the most excited about and thank you for mentioning about the jungle it's been So incredible to be able to be in in the Amazon, you know, from time to time. So if there is anybody that wants to explore NACU, I would be more than happy to share about it. NACU is uh, the healing center that I go to and in the Sapara Nation, the Sapara are between Ecuador and Peru, but we go to Ecuador and it's been a, a huge learning of how do we plant our seeds for them to flourish in this physical reality. I feel that um, the the jungle becomes almost like the the spirit world in this physical form, and you let go of all of the chattering of the mind, and you're so present with so much life. Almost every every technology, in some way or another, all pharmaceuticals they come from the jungle. So it's like the origin of life in many ways. So to go into those spaces and to start dreaming, then you. Ways of how we want to integrate our life has been so profound. So I definitely recommend it if anybody is feeling called to to going into the jungle. The last thing that I'll say this and I'll close with this is that it's an important time for us to start dreaming. When we go to sleep, you know, we have dreams. But also in this physical reality, I would have never imagined my life to be what it is today today. If I didn't allow myself to dream. And as we are inspired by others, I think it's also part of our, our role to start, you know, being the inspiration ourselves and not to like fake it or, or write it on social media, but to really like embody it. And then from that place, we start sharing it. And there are many ups and downs along the way. But as we continue, one of the biggest gifts that my mom has offered me is to Give me the opportunity of always dream and not focus on what is happening right now, but where do I want to be? And that has allowed me to go beyond the limitations of the mind each and every day. So something that we all have the power to do. Thank you for creating these spaces for us to continue
0: dreaming this new world together. It's so fun to co-create with you, Flo, and cheers to holding the vision the dream of a more beautiful world that is not just possible but is already here if we choose to be in it and to embody it i really am a big believer that peace and grace and trust and walking our path it starts from our own hearts and every single decision that we make it's not something that is awaiting us somewhere in the horizon but it's something that we can choose here right now so thank you for being the embodiment of that. Thank you for giving us all the opportunity to experience the plant medicines and the jungle and the dreams through the bridge and the messenger that you are. And I am excited to catch up and however long that is next time and see what other spirals we travel on. Thank you, Phil.
1: Thank you so much, Husania. It's always such an honor to be with you and. You inspire me so much. And it's been really beautiful to see ourselves flourish in this way. So I can't wait to meet the puppy and and see you soon. Please come
0: visit Austin. We'll do a cow circle.
1: We'd love that. Let's make it happen.
0: Done.